0: Listening to the RC, your guide to digital cinema, filmmaking, and cutting-edge imaging.
1: Hi, and welcome to this week's RC podcast number one hundred and four. I'm joined by my good friend and director Jason Wingrove for the last uh, RC of the year. Jason, how are you? I'm excellent. How are we all? Very well. So we we are going to keep open our uh, quiz as to come up with the cool one line tag for the RC and um, we're not going to announce it this week we're going to announce it at the beginning of next year which is like not that far away actually the next time we do the RC so if you um, have been following us on Twitter or you listened to last week's show or in fact the week before we've asked you to come up with a tagline for the RC which at the moment I like the one just RC really cool um, <laughs> but there's actually been about 40 I think or 50 entries. Yeah, it's been fantastic but uh, yes
2: there is no real clear deadline and uh, well, there wasn't until now, which is uh, yeah. Now Since is next we come week. Back next year,
1: and um, yes, and there's some actually uh, some good ones, and uh, and I like them a lot. And um, many of them, Jase, uh, I, I think this has sort of become a unofficial survey of what people like about the RC, because one of the things that has been a recurring theme in our T-shirt slash hat slogan competition is rat holes. Yeah, yeah. Should we have called it the RH podcast? <laughs>
2: Next, maybe the next um, the next time we reinvent
1: ourselves. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, as opposed to be the, the the RW anyway. Um, okay, so uh, so that's what's happening. So uh, we on the show this week we're going to do our summary of the year that was uh, 2011, wrap it all up, and uh, discuss a few of the things that have really made an impact to us. So it's a bit of a rat hole app for you. And we have got some good interviews coming up uh, next year. In particular, we'll be doing more work with DOPs, which we're really uh, keen about, and we have some really good colour science coming up in January, but more of that when we return after the break. But let's start with the news disc, and Jace, uh, epic-y films both hitting the cinemas and hitting the trailers.
2: Yeah, well, not a lot of uh, gear uh, announcements, obviously, but lots of things are rolling out Trailer-wise, very, very uh, recently, I think just yesterday, the Hobbit trailer, which came out. I hadn't realized it was so long ago since he actually shot um, Lord of the Rings.
1: The first one? Yeah.
2: It's literally probably, whatever, 10 years or so. 12, 12 years. 12 years. Yeah. Um, the Hobbit an unexpected journey the trailer is out which is really really good you can actually go on to i've got links in the show notes but obviously you can just go to obviously i am not stopping saying obviously anytime soon am i obviously
1: not
0: (laughs)
2: Uh, You can go to iTunes, uh, apple.com slash trailers. Your use of the
1: word obviously was actually picked up in one of the T-shirts. Yeah. I thought you were (laughs) giving me the finger then, (laughs) just your microphone. Nope. Sorry. Yeah,
2: if you go to uh, apple.com slash trailers, you can download uh, the 1080p version, 173 megabytes, 1080p version, uh, in glorious 235 to 1. Uh looks great. Obviously, nothing's in 3D yet, but uh, it's just a trailer. But it's really nice to see how much they've accomplished uh, in what is probably a reasonably short time of, of production. It's only been uh, a couple of months that they've been rolling, really, three months maybe. Well, but, uh, are
1: they having kind of like a break to sort of put some stuff together, see where they're at before heading off again? Uh,
2: I, I know they're certainly having a break, um, but I'm not sure what, what, what the reason for it is. There's a lot been doing a lot of studio stuff, Um a lot of the stuff in the trailer is, uh, is studio, uh, studio based and green screen based. But uh, oh, it looks really, really nice. I mean, it's obviously very hard to tell at this date, get a real good feel for the, for the, the, the film. And uh, a few people are saying they're a bit underwhelmed, but I think it's looking really nice. I'm not really a huge fan of the whole franchise. I, I, I love say, the spectacle of the yeah. last few, but I don't, you know, I'm not a complete read them since Red I was yeah, a child no. kind of geek about it.
1: No, no, I'm, I'm, I did read The Hobbit, and I preferred The Hobbit to The Lord of the Rings books. I found The Lord of the Rings books heavy-going, but that was it as a child.
2: Yeah, hey, um, that's right. <clears throat> Hobbit was sort of forced upon us at school, and I'd never read any of the other things, but Hobbit I did, and I don't know whether I completed it. It was, It is heavy-going from a written written word uh, point of view. But
1: this is just Hobbit part one, right?
2: Yeah, so there's another two films? Another one film, yeah, so... December 14th, 2012, and then I think December again, 2013.
1: Okay. Well, sticking with our epic theme, we also have Dragon Tattoo hitting uh, cinemas in the United States. Now, this is um, interesting, another epic film, but this time posted in 4K, actually projected in 4K. And, Jay, there's actually a website that Sony has up, which is a Sony digital cinema 4K theatre locator. Yeah, so which we... is pretty effective if you're in another country than Australia. <laughs> No, it works in Australia. It does it's just, work in Australia. Only, it only comes up with one cinema in Australia.
2: <laughs> one in Australia? There's, only, well, that
1: the, one in, there's one something in Sydney. Okay. That. There, was, there was only one within 100 miles of me, I guess, right. is what I ticked the box on.
2: Okay. Yeah, there might, might be one in Melbourne, maybe. But, uh, yeah, we're not sort of swamped with choice.
1: Do it, does a Melbourne have 4K? I, I'm surprised to hear they even have electricity. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, they do. They have electricity, I'm pretty sure. I'm sure they do. Because oh. those trams run on it. Yeah, um, yep. uh, trams are electric. That's right.
2: Uh, what would be good to find out is if they're actually going to, know. I guess it's just data, but will they be on the ball enough to actually get 4K data down here and project it in that 4K cinema? Um, and I guess you can't be guaranteed, you know, of the multiple sessions that are showing there, will you be seeing it at 4K? So it'd be good to know. If it would the, be good the, to know. If the pimply kid at the Selling the Popcorn is going to be, they're going to be uh mentous enough to n- tell you what sessions are playing in 4K, if indeed they know what those two words sort of mean together.
1: Can sort of, <laughs> we insult any more <laughs> groups that's this <laughs> early in the podcast? Um, uh, actually, it's we can. We're going yeah, to get started. Um, I went and saw IMAX, it was actually a Uh, um, pre-release
2: cinema Mission Impossible
1: 4, Ghost Protocol, and I just think it was awesome, Um, and it's a really good James Bond film, one of the best James Bond films I've seen in ages. It's really great to see the franchise getting such a good uh, new lease on life. One of the things, though, that I wanted to see, of course, was it in IMAX. One of the things I also wanted to see was the eight-minute trailer of Dark Knight, which given that it was a press screening I didn't have. They don't don't show that. Um, Also, there's a website you can go to that will actually show you where the Dark Knight trailer is showing because there's IMAX and there's IMAX Lite. IMAX Lite is the kind of IMAX digital, they reused the brand. Or LIMAX. Or LIMAX, as some people jokingly refer to it. Um, But then there's IMAX IMAX, which is proper, really good, hardcore, big, big... An actual piece of film. Now, I will say that I saw uh, the last Batman in the same theatre. I saw, uh, which had, of course, the same use of an IMAX camera, not an exclusive. Um, The whole film was shot this way, but certainly parts of it. And again, it did not disappoint. But I've got to say, Jason, there's an opening shot. Uh, It's of a train station in, you know, unnamed place like, I think it's Russia or Prague or somewhere, probably in Russia. Anyway, the camera just kind of calms down onto the train station. Exactly the same vibe I had in in the last Batman film when they opened on the shot of the building before they blew a hole in the wall. An otherwise not particularly remarkable shot just looked glorious i turned to my wife and i said her it snuck in as a press plus one um because you were busy i think and um plus you know quite frankly i don't want to sleep with you the anyway so the one. point is I, I went in and the same reaction right which is oh my god i yeah. don't want 3d i really don't, I, don't want, yeah, I want this i just want
2: yeah
1: i mean it, it big just and sharp
2: look, and immersive and huge yeah, wind no plate.
1: second row from the back Window. in the like the largest one apparently one of the largest time in the world but it was crisp, it was gorgeous, it filled my peripheral vision, it immersed me, it, I practically felt in the scenes when it was IMAX on the side of the So building. they were popping,
2: like they did last time, they'd go yep. from uh, full frame yep. IMAX, yep. which is more 4.3-ish Academy, to
1: 35mm uh, yeah, so or Yeah, cropped wide in like more like one eight five. Yeah, yeah, and 4.3, kind of. Um, yeah. And yeah, and so what happens is you're watching these scenes, and there are sequences that are, are clearly spectacular sequences where it matters, and you're seeing it in IMAX, and then there are other sequences that you you know are more narrative or comedic. So is this, this
2: eight minutes out of the film, or is this a eight? It's separate eight minute.
1: Well, I haven't seen the Batman thing because it's you know sure it's not, not out
2: No, but i wonder if this is a if this is a. Cut well, scene what the, well, from the okay, film so what or they this did is last
1: time? No, 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 what they did last time is they did the... F- okay, so in the last Batman film, they did this also. Yeah. So, you know the scene where the bank robbery happens yeah. where he goes... They just keep on killing people until yeah. they're down to, like, no bank robbers left alive and he leaves. That whole scene was the bit that they showed as the... Uh, tr- and I think that's what they're doing again.
2: Yeah, I just wondered if it worked so well for them last time whether they actually shoot a whole separate section purely for PR, purely, purely for... Promo, and then it no, would, be, it would no. be a very expensive operation.
1: No, well, you know that scene in the in the last Batman when they, they robbed the bank. Yeah. That was a sort of a self contained scene. It was very yeah, funny true. it was
2: like almost like a pre title.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, it's exactly because that's what we do in Bond films. So that's what they did in. in I think I've done this one as well, where they get uh, is it Baines who um, the guy with the mask, but the can't breathe oxygen, in, who's the evil guy in this one. Um, the, anyway, that whole sequence, and I think he does another sort of isolated robbery thing without Bruce that's not necessarily, you know, um, I mean, you need it for the plot, but it's not, yeah. you know, exposition on something else. Anyway, that same thing happens again. And, this um, is the
2: power of film, really. You can't at this stage, I don't think. Have we ever seen 4K or, or above projected or transferred to 65mm film screened in that way, really? It would be very interesting n- to see no, side but by side. No, I've of, seen
1: epic 5K projected at 4K, our, you know, giant screen properly done mm. and it had the same kind of look to it which is yeah. terrific so I mean I guess my point would be um, at the moment we're getting a lot of epic use in stereo because it's small and it's great yeah. and now we're getting epic in 4K and we're getting a chance to see it in 4K well having seen IMAX in IMAX I want to see my films 4K in 4K that's just that's just my take out I mean yeah. I don't have any problem with someone shooting on IMAX because I love it and I don't have any problem with somebody shooting on 4K or 5K and showing it 4K. But I I just actually find that to be a better experience than, for example, when I went to see Puss in Boots and that's actually a remarkably better film than it has any right to be um, because it doesn't feel like a spin-off of a franchise that's on its last legs. It actually felt like a good film for a kid's film, you know, kind of a thing. But, um, yeah, in that one, I was just kind of, oh, do I have to wear the uh, 3D glasses? Because it just felt to me like... And actually, I took them off at one point, and I thought, I "What if I could watch it without them?" Just because I was bored with having them on. Well, no, because if they converge at the screen on the thing that you're meant to be looking at, then the thing you're meant to True. be looking at is in, in focus yeah. and stereo combined. On. Yeah. No, it's just the second that you go off that, and someone sticks their hand out, or you look in the back of the bloody room that they're standing in, and it's all out. And then, of course, I couldn't sustain that for very long. Put the glasses back on, but it wasn't like I went, "Oh my god, I can't wait to see this." So when I saw. Ghost Protocol. I was like, "Oh, great! It's not in stereo; it's in IMAX." I mean, I, I thought that was a better, much better option for me. So I'm ticking the box for 2011. That's a film that would have been finished as a 2K DI, right? What? Ghost Protocol? Well, no, they finished it in IMAX because they did it in IMAX. Yeah, but they said that? What?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's projected on a piece of 65. But it didn't. Ha- it, it
1: didn't have a step down to 2K.
2: When they finished Ghost Protocol to spit yeah. out to cinemas to 2K, do you think to they gave it to normal cinemas? Yeah, oh, it finished okay, at 2K, but to right? But, but you, they're not going to be. Uh, they've been. Do, they haven't been doing all the effects and all the comping and the DI all at 4K all the way through to go to. I presume. I'm just wondering if it's you know uh, if it's been blow you know blown up to 65. You know what I
1: mean? No, 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 no. Like, uh, well, I, I can speak more for um, Batman as I know it a lot better than I do Ghost Protocol. Though mm. we. Do have a terrific, just a plug, terrific FX Guide TV interview with John Noll and Brad Bird on um, MI4 in the new year, Excellent. in January, a couple of weeks from now. Cool, awesome, really in depth chat about that stuff. But anyway, uh, in, in the case of uh, Dark Knight Rises up, because I, we spoke to Paul Franklin about this, absolutely, they're scanning it at, at um, you know at, at much higher resolutions, So it's scanning at four or six K. And they're doing post on those sequences at higher resolution, and it right. goes out that way. Okay, it's not like there's a huge step down to two K, okay. and then it gets reprojected up because that would take the magic away. That would that of would course, stop the magic completely. That the would ma- not be
2: cool. No, of course. But was the was Puss in Boots any less magical because it was would have been a ten eighty p or two K experience? Well, yeah, would've been lower res two K because if you stereo, often it's it's um, – depending
1: 92. on the process, it's uh, – yeah, it's lower res. And I was saying that in, a, in another – so don't get me wrong. I'm not saying – I'm not dishing Puss in Boots. I'm just saying that cinematically it was unremarkable to the extent that – I mean, look, put it this way. If we could leave story aside for a second, comparing obviously a cat in shoes with Bond – it was, it was absolutely technically crap. It was a piece of just vanilla nothing compared to the IMAX of just projected, you know, 65mm gorgeousness. Yeah. I mean, it was just wholly, like, remarkable, like it, it elevated your spirits to see shots in MI4 in IMAX shot properly compared to technically just, you know, a giant video screen.
2: In yeah. It. So all the other, you know, LIMAX, IMAX 3D sort of setups, and particularly one, of them, I think one of them, maybe at Fox or whatever, we might have seen Avatar first up on. That obviously they are not doing anything beyond 2K. So.
1: Well, no, but not a, not least of which is because Avatar wasn't shot very high resolution.
2: No, no, but the effects, yeah, effects were all. Been no, normally no, all 2K the effects are well. done
1: at 2K. Yeah, except for, which is what we started this discussion. Uh, Dragon Tattoo, which is actually posted at four K. There's no yeah. two two i I'd love to be done.
2: sitting in that cinema and just switch. Show me two K. Okay, show me
1: four K. Two K again.
2: Hmm, okay. Good. Oh, Jace, you'll Better.
1: love it. I, I'm seriously, man. You'll you'll seriously notice. I mean, if
2: we have seen four K before. We've seen it. Go It I'll pay. I'd love to be a in a cinema at see. the normal cinema. No, 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 no no, 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 no. Well, you don't want that. You
1: want you want the IMAX experience. It's it's epic. I'll buy you for Christmas present a ticket for you and your. And your good wife to go and see MI4 at IMAX. I give you a total afternoon back money guarantee. I'm, I'm it's not. It's awesome. I'm not
2: questioning. I'm not questioning the, the, the that it would be a fantastic experience. Well, you're I'm saying just, in a normal cinema. would Why it's very hard for them to push forward with 4K. Literally, I think all of the cinemas in. I think most of the cinemas in not this Broadway one that we're talking about, but most of the, the main sort of cinema. Uh, uh, drag in in town in George Street in Sydney has uh, all recently been gutted and refitted with new digital projection. There's not, I don't think you can project film in there now anymore, and that's all been done two K. They had a, yes. a total chance yeah. to refit with the very latest stuff, yeah. and they've gone with two K.
1: Well, that's because most films are in two K. Yeah, but and, and quite frankly, most films, future, like as in as almost every told. film, apart from Dragon Tattoo and bits that were shot for other films, are in two K. But here's the thing,
2: right? But going forward, you okay, know, no, no, how no, no, long no. will it be? We can have we can have freaking nearly two k at home, right? This so sounds, if they want to This sounds pre-
1: like you've never heard Jim speak. <laughs> this sounds like you've not drunk any Kool Aid. What are you talking about? Are you insane? Seriously, Jase, Kool Aid kind of drains from your veins a little bit once, wrench, once, wrench, you, once, wrench, you wrench, once you. Rent the last one. buy. Okay, I have to buy you another present. Use your second present, your New Year's present. Yeah, I'll give you a copy. You got a Blu-ray player, right? Yep. Okay, watch the last Batman in nineteen twenty by ten eighty off Blu-ray, and when the the four K IMAX sequences come up, you can tell because the framing changes, just as we discussed, it would in the cinema. Yeah, and they look better. They don't look, they don't look. You know, I've changed religion better, mm. but they definitely look better. You can see a difference with the stuff that was sourced at IMAX and sourced at cinema yeah. on a Blu-ray okay. on a good telly. Well, at least yeah. on my telly. Yeah, but. Um, but I will okay. say that in the cinema, it's it's breathtakingly marvellous. Now, okay. what would be better than that would be if ooh, someone was shooting something at 4K at a higher frame rate in stereo. That would be the one to watch. Oh, mm. If only someone would make a film like that, mm. that would be interesting to look at. Mm. True. So...
2: <laughs> can we move on now? Can we move on? Have you got uh, Have you got that thing? other trailer that's uh, out shortly on your run list or did I add it later? the um uh the trailer for the trailer that's coming soon for the trailer prometheus
1: (laughs) did did you have you actually seen the prometheus trailer or have you seen the leaked version
2: i've seen the the, there is this countdown they keep leaking not leaking they keep doing three days to go two days to go and today which is one day to go so by the time this comes out the whole the trailer will be out
1: well the trailer was out last night leaked
2: Ah, okay. No, and, we, I and I say this the in the
1: week trip. that the person that leaked Wolverine went to jail for one year yesterday on the net, and I did not watch it on a BitTorrent downloaded from a <laughs> Russian site. There was the Prometheus trailer. Okay. And it's got um, interesting things in it. Well, I can say it, can't I? Because it doesn't matter because it's out now, It's out now, it? yeah. Yes. You so could
2: have watched it then. But now you've you it's already it. out and you've already seen it and it looks amazing.
1: Well I don't think it's anything illegal to watch on it's a long, website. Yeah. I was looking at it from a purely news point of view. Sure. Because I thought it was interesting that it had been leaked and I was wondering Absolutely. if it had been leaked professionally. You're researching for an and article. it wasn't, it wasn't leaked professionally. It was definitely filmed off a screen. Ah, okay. Yeah, um, right. And and as I said, I didn't bit turn it down. Literally, it literally was on a website that was discussing the fact that it had been leaked on the day that the guy that leaked Wolverine had a year one year sentence. Um, wow. For a single upload. Wow. That was close to home here then, wasn't it? Um, but just moving on from Prometheus for a second. Yep. Um, I wanted to say that the other trailer that's up that's interesting, which I think is fascinating, and I hope you've got more information on it, is the um, When You Find Me trailer, because this was shot on the Canon C300. Oh.
2: Yeah, I got a little bit more, and we and will have more in the new year. We'll have an interview with Angela Scaris, the s- cinematographer who shot it.
1: But, but okay, so I don't know. Some genuine question. And I'm not this, okay. Is sure. that infrared? Because it looks it's freaking infrared. awesome.
2: It is infrared, but it's not infrared on the C300. Uh-huh. I believe the infrared six sections were shot DSLR. I've been told 5D. Uh, again, we will have an, an, a chat with Andre. Um, a, a first show back or, or thereabouts. Uh, oddly. There's now only a trailer that they put up, but the whole short film came out for about a week or so, and they literally only just removed it. This was all planned. It was literally planned to remove the film and go back to the trailer on, on the 19th of December. I don't quite understand the uh, thought behind that. But yeah, the whole trailer, the whole short was out. It looked really gorgeous. It was very nice, beautifully done, very emotive. Uh, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, Ron Howard's daughter. Uh, this is all part of the imagination um, project that has been propelled forward by Canon USA. So it's very, it's a gorgeously shot thing. But yeah, what sort of grabs me is, uh, so I guess, like a dream sequence, or a kind of call it a. Have you seen sort the whole film? Fr- yeah, it's very nice. But the, I'm but I'm sinetral. totally engaged by the infrared. Oh my god, yes! I just I thought if that was on the being, C300 and yeah.
1: there's a switch that does that, I want that camera.
2: Yeah, it would be great. I mean, Sony cameras evolved. It used to be the old night shot thing, where you'd flick to night shot and to get to to get lower light levels when you weren't really dealing with much color, you were really almost like into. Um,
1: that was the famous X-ray mode that could I see guess through semi translucent women's of it. dresses. Yeah,
2: so. Um, that essentially gets rid of the low pass filter that yeah. blocks out all the near infrared or infrared stuff so this is uh, and I've been dying to mod something what I should have done when I my I H- when the HDMI port died on my I last know. 5D I should have I only, after I sold it, I thought, hmm, would it would have been great to just hang on to that and, and get, get it, I would have get bought it modded. It, yeah. it would have been just it would have had would been been a second camera um, I mean, it's very limited. It would be very interesting use and very limited to oh, sort of more landscapes could, could than
1: people. award-winning commercial with it. Oh, it would be.
2: It would be utterly amazing. So um, you can certainly find the trailer on YouTube on um, uh, Canon's Imaginate channel. Hopefully, hopefully the short film will come back. But yeah, I was imagining. Great, there's a there's a modded C300 out there that we can shoot. You can shoot infrared. There is, uh, I think, someone at Red's got a modded Red one, infrared Red one. Really? Yeah, there is definitely a body hanging around that uh, I know some people have
1: shot with it. If if you know somebody that mods Reds for infrared. There's a body around. There is definitely Yeah, but a body. maybe there's somebody that mods well, what them. Else, Can they let us know? Because well, What's I'm interesting almost with Epic, Epic
2: or what would be interesting with Epic, is that, I don't know if you remember seeing, but I certainly took photos of it at NAB, this uh, kind of like in-camera uh, ND system whereby you could take out the... This was meant to be like a user oh, yeah. swappable kit, that you could take out the uh, low-pass filter on the camera and swap it over with ND various, and if you knew you were going to be shooting on a beach all day yeah. or whatever, you could take the uh, um, swap over the optical low-pass filter with an, one with an ND built into it. Um, so, that seems to must be something in the Epic or was planned in the Epic that you could take that filter away and replace it with something else. Or not. Just take it away. It would be interesting to see if you can actually, uh, if we find out, um, if you can actually just take that filter away and leave it without Um, I do remember, I think in in the camera, there's certainly the filter is there to be removed, but uh, it's got lots of, you know, you will void your warranty if you take this stuff away stickers. (laughs) So anyway, infrared motion hasn't really been possible for a while because we haven't really had uh, cameras that have been that sensitive. You really need a very sensitive camera to have enough uh, to see enough light down that end of the spectrum, and for you to be able to put heavy uh, put infrared filters on the camera to block out all of the visible spectrum, uh, if you have, I mean, have you seen infrared filter? It's almost uh, like I'm you can't it. even. Yeah, it's it's yeah. just like literally almost like almost pig. almost like a lens cap. Yep. Yeah, it's it's very very dark. So it's cameras like you know five Ds and C 300s that would be uh, perfect for this kind of stuff.
1: Well, I imagine but the C three hundred, yeah, the C three hundred or the 1d kind
2: of yeah or i guess anything because the 5d is not sort of
1: hypersensitive
2: no it's it's not but uh, well we're not we're used to its sensitivity in visible spectrum Uh, take that low pass filter off and, Mm. and and start looking down where you can't almost see with your eye and it might be a completely different ballpark clearly as i say this is probably 5d or something similar uh, there's helicopter shots, so they put it, they flew it in um, radar controlled helicopter. And anyway, so we will have a chat with with Andre uh, next year and have a uh, get a bit more of a heads up. But you can see the the, the uh, trailer on YouTube and links in the show notes.
1: Shall we shift a gear? Shift
2: it, uh, shift <laughs> shift our gear.
1: Shift, shift a gear, shift two gear. I think I think you should do one gear pick, and I should do one gear pick. Okay.
0: And now the RC gear guide.
2: Okay. Um, Well, okay, my gear pick is something that I use pretty much every shoot, which is a new version of something I use every shoot, which is um, Variable ND. Lightcraft Workshop have been one of the people from the very beginning who's made Variable NDs. And they've always had a little bit of, you know, some shortcomings, being the fact that they shift, it's a bit of a color shift. Some are a bit greener than others. Uh, Because it is two filters. Uh, a linear polarizer and a circular polarizer together, they sometimes interact, particularly as you start to get towards the maximum of the ND. They start to get this kind of star cross effect where they start to fight each other as filters uh, and they vignette. And, and you know, there's a very limit, reasonably limited range of ND. So, Lightcraft Workshop, uh, hopefully by the time this comes out, I don't have prices yet, but they're just about to launch something called their uh, DigiPro HD range, which is less color shift. Much sharper because, obviously, you're dealing with layers of glass. It's not just one filter. Um, sharper, less vignetting, which is kind of a bit of a bummer because I actually kind of like the you vignetting. You like a bit of the vignette? That vignette, that's something quite nice, the difference between um, all sort of interaction between L-glass and the vignetting of a N D. So less vignetting and a much greater, maybe another stop and a half, maybe another two stops before you start to get that cross You've seen that, Mike. Obviously, when you when when you start Georgia to really part. get to the end of your yeah. past the maximum marked limit of your uh, variable ND, you start to get the cross effects. So hey. uh, they do a seventy-two, and they are going to do an eighty-two mil, which is what I use. And uh, I think for the eighty-two, is probably going to be around the two hundred-ish mark. But hopefully, LightCraftWorkshop.com. By the time this goes out, will have some links for it on their website. But uh, so I'm very very glad my to neck have those. Out. You do you have... actually
1: shoot with Lightcraft?
2: craft yes i have I, a Light. i have a few what i do is have two or three of them and i've got a genus one i've got a Lightcraft craft workshop one i've got a couple of Lightcraft craft workshop ones um and i have them all on you know i sort of do bad thing and have one on one on every lens or one on every of the lenses i happen to be using that day and probably stitch myself up with little color shifts from one to the other but you know nothing that can't be corrected
1: i i use the singray 77 uh, yes, i guess were... you should point this out that this is none of this is like like all of these i bought these are not like yeah anything to do with endorsements um but yeah i i tested them all and i have a definite preference i didn't think i did initially because it's not a mega preference but i have a definite preference to preferring the singray over the uh-huh. um Lightcraft. i've been interested to look at the new Lightcraft, yep. but i'd have to say you'd when it comes to variable nd i'll now only use the singray because of a uh, like consistency
2: yeah i got one on the way so we should definitely they've put a lot of comparisons on there well they will do i've seen them already there's a few comparisons they're gonna be putting on their website of uh, comparing to the other brands comparing to uh and to singray i think so be good to see because yeah uh you that was quite good your Your original comparison was really good. I've never really had a problem with with any of the brands really what well, the the early lightcraft version ones were slightly soft, but only if you went quite long lens but uh, I just find them essential. I love them and use them all the time they other thing the other kit they have is a four by i'm sure I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but they have a four by four kit, which is two four by four filters so two separate folders filters so if you can actually have a map box with a rotating stage right. you can you can separate them out and they're much obviously much larger and um better coverage for wider lenses and you can then obviously just pull one of the filters out and just have a polar if you want so yeah lightcraftworkshop.com and yeah i'll i'll, I'll get you one mike and be good to do some side-by-sides in the real world
1: can I ask you a question? Yes. Do you talk about a Fresnel or a Fresnel?
2: I try not to really mention that word. I don't really <laughs> like that word. Fresnel. Because in lights, Every I think time people, someone says Fresnel, I like, kind of just... Because Fresnel, I think, is the
1: correct pronunciation. I'm sure it probably is. From it's a just... CG point of view, that's what we call it, when you <laughs> get the edging properties of an object that causes it to have near-mirror-like properties. Like if you look down the side of a painted truck. Yeah. Which is not gloss it becomes yeah. highly reflective at the angle of incident becoming very close to right parallel and yet i call the light uh fresnel light which i think is just i don't know wrong but yeah that's what i do anyway that's my pick my pick of um of cool gear is the light panels have now got a led version of what is your classic fresnel kind of Ari light looking thing You know oh, what cool. I'm going to say Like a normal Ari yeah. light yeah, yeah Has bundles at the front of it Looks like a redhead Or a You know Blondie Yep But it has Powered by but that um,
2: Fresnel glass
1: So it's lightweight On the front um, yeah. Because we're only talking about 75 watts of power Being equivalent to our, We've got a 650 Fresnel in the In the uh, studio Which Is a really good spot We were using it For doing miniatures work And stuff Like it's really good When you want to do that but that 650 watt is equivalent to now a 75 watt, which is a heck of a lot less power to be pulling down. Um, and, of course, with power goes lightweight and, and everything else that goes with it. But you've still got all the variable sort of flood and spots-ness. Is that this you the want. Solar 6? It is the Solar 6. The solar 6. Excellent. Spelled S-O-L-A. Right. Socks. The Solar Socks. Very cool. And, um, yeah, no, it's... Uh, it's um, it's amazing now to start seeing the LED... Because we always said this, right? That LEDs would move into things. But this oh, is yeah. one of the areas that even yeah. even earlier this year when we wanted to buy just a classic... Like, I just, wanted, I just want an ARRI-type light here. And I said at some yeah. point, I so said, yeah, I'm just... I mean, we've got lots of light panels. We've got lots of flows, But yeah. I actually need a full-on just flood and spot light, please. Um, and... I don't I didn't want to go to something like Dito though I love Ditos and I think they're awesome for the ability to get a really good parallel beam that you can really target but I actually just wanted a normal kind of light as it, I call it it looks pretty impressive yeah yeah no it is I don't have any pricing information on it and quite frankly I haven't used it yet though they are out um, it actually it's pretty controllable you know the, the it's got um, a dimming uh, stuff at the back and, and it is 75 watts which is impressive 75
2: watts, watts of you know, of physical power requirements.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it's rated for 50,000 hours, which quite frankly will see me for a while. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I think that's, that's a really, really good uh, thing. So, obviously, the difference of a light like this is being able to easily do a, you know, uh, a spot or a flood, and it does exactly that, as you'd imagine, a 10-degree to 70-degree. Um, and so, yeah, it's great. I, I'm just really impressed that... Um, that that's happened, and obviously we like as a company the light panel guys because they really know what they're doing when it terms of getting a consistency to the color temperatures and stuff that you know kind of matter to us a lot, as well as just build quality. Can I, can you change the temper
2: of this temperature? It looks like it's got a touch panel on the back yeah. that uh, lets you dim it. Obviously, it's flicker flicker free, mm-hmm. which is terrific. Though I don't know uh, what it'd be like. Dim at super it down, high and speeds. the dimming down. will will we'll continue the the the. I'm presuming the. Uh, color temperature will stay unlike a lot of you know un- unlike a tungsten source the color temperature will stay consistent, consistent. as you dim it
1: down um Interesting. the light panel guys know what they're doing now like you know it's not like it's kind of uh the wild west like it used to be and and there are a lot of people making sort of cheap uh knockoffs but I wouldn't go for that yeah. I'd actually go for a real thing
2: a lot of those a lot of those knockoff LED panels can be Pretty out of whack colour. Yeah, well, just com- completely yeah. wacko colour oh, yeah. temperature. Totally. Really green, and if you compare them all, and, and if you actually walk, shoot them with a with a camera rather than just guessing by eye, you can get some pretty crazy results if you walk through the hall of, um, shall we say, uh, less than... And through the hall of NAB, is it Less than 100% quality controlled oh,
1: okay. um, Chinese... It's not necessarily Chinese. Let's not pick oh, on no, the Chinese. Sorry. Okay. Fine. You sure. could be referring and slighting any uh, <laughs> country that doesn't enforce strict patent and. Or anybody with less um, standards. Hey, um, you also were uh, flashing around. I don't know if you've got one, but you are, are, weren't you making. Um, or had you got one of these new GoPro underwater u butte I don't. Can I you explain it?
2: I have not. Um, This is a replacement dome for the GoPro underwater um, housing dome. Okay. So it's an add-on. This is called the Blurfix
1: by. I'm trying to think of the name of the company. Isn't it Brother? No, that's the labeling system. I'm sorry, I'm misreading my own notes here. (laughs) I'd written down something, and.
2: It's a it's a it's a machined aluminium uh, port that you have Blurfix yeah Blurfix yeah by Snake River Prototyping, and they for seventy seven bucks they basically do a machined aluminium port that will replace the uh, the if you look at the front of a GoPro and it's got the lens sort of all screwed in plastic lens all screwed in this is uh, a a lens port with not only correct some of the focus issues you get underwater. Not so much above above the water. This is more an underwater ap- application. Um, the distance, the sort of focus, is very much diminished or needs shifting a little bit underwater. This corrects that somewhat, and uh, I'm still believe you can still use it above above uh, above, above the water. water. Uh, it gives you a 55 mil filter thread if you want to put any color correcting filters on there. And interestingly, in the lens port, if you can see the picture there, Mike, there's little. Beads of that, um, what do you call it? It's like the like the moisture absorbing gel. Oh yeah. But they're hard beads that just kind of roll around in there that uh, take the moisture out. If there's any fogging in there between your filter, say, or the yeah. lens, or it'll actually take the fogging. It'll stop the lens from and the port up. from fogging up, which is
1: kind of clever. That's brilliant. How much is
2: this? Des- desiccant balls, uh, seventy-seven bucks for the little, little port thing. I'm going to say now, that I'm I go actually to could, could potentially be full of shit about it being better, being just as good above water as not, because okay, maybe but, not.
1: But where would I go to get one of these? Is it from GoPro? Uh,
2: from Blur, from from Blurfix? No, it's not a it's not it. This is not a GoPro a sanctified sanctified product. Snake okay. River Prototyping uh, slash Blurfix, but you'll see it in their products, and you can buy it just as the port to add to your GoPro. Housing, or you can buy a whole housing with the port already bolted together. Okay, Interesting. So-
1: so now, on the show notes that I was handed by our producer and an executive research team, it had, as I mentioned a second ago, brother listed, mm. as in, wherefore art thou, brother? <laughs> I did sneak that in
2: there, just a little. Okay, um, I've been is wanting to mention this a little. Brother doing uh, lenses? Now? No, brother are not doing a- anything whatsoever to do with with cameras whatsoever. This is I've just been using this at home for a while, and I felt it was worth a mention because okay. if you're just labeling your gear or labeling Pelican cases or la- you know just putting your web side on something the brother pt 2730 now i've researched this this subject up the wazoo because i wanted something that was mac, mac compatible and one of the a lot of these printers don't let you print on this you know one of those kind of dymo label maker things right uh, a lot of them don't let you use very big tape this lets you use like 24 mil tape uh, stop looking at me mike this is <laughs> yeah, very handy thing, right? okay This is a label maker, okay? Yes, I'm mentioning label makers, okay? It's really cool. Uh, It it lets you print. A lot of them let you use big tape, but they won't let you print all the way on the tape. You might have a 24-mil tape in there, but it'll only let you do letters about 10 mil high. So this will let you print almost on the whole the whole the whole width of the tape okay you can plug it into your Mac because a lot of them aren't Mac compatible you can use all your system fonts you can drag in a logo or barcode or anything if you want to sort of manage your uh, your inventory of gear or use a custom font or a logo or something if you're labelling all your gear Mike stop looking at me like this
1: I used to okay. worship you as a god and now <laughs> you're like my mother
2: or grandmother nice label you can you can, you can print it out the fabric be, labels and put them on your
1: school clothes I used to want to look like you I guess was willing to, just and now, back, dude. Back to school. 2012, I'm going to label, start seeing do. labels
2: like this all over your shit. Let me tell you, you're going to start pulling stuff out and I'm going to say, "Oh, that's a nice label, Mike. Where'd you get that from? Uh, I actually bought the label that you, labeler that you recommended." So all uh, right. fine. See, this is why I held off from okay. printing it. Just this kind of reaction.
1: Okay. Um, can I change the subject? Because I'm Please, really not interested dude. in that at all. Fucking hell. Um. One piece of news we didn 't cover, which um, look is kind of i mean I feel bad, but I think it is quite astonishing is the, um, the raid on the Olympus officers in Tokyo yes. and not only that, but the hauling off of uh, the executives or members of the executive um, under now i don 't know if they 're being tried yet, so i 'm going to say the allegations of being involved in a very large accounting scandal that uh, involve not only a, a scandal, but a cover-up of a scandal. Mm. And I think they're accused of covering up 117 billion yen. Covering which, up
2: debts by buying things that don't exist or something like no, that. Which is
1: like $1.5 billion. Mm. It's Because uh, it's nearly like, yeah. you know, a yen is nearly a, a cent and kind of as a simple translation. So that's about $1.5 billion in losses. Um, and this dates back to the... To like the last decade, right? Oh, really? Like, this is like ten years or twelve years of stuff.
2: Now, Olympus, it must be said, is a very big company, and kind of like a lot of the, you know, like a lot of the big Japanese companies, they do stuff other than cameras. You know, well, what guys do they do? do, do Tests in- inspection gear, welding inspection equipment, yeah, and a whole it's bunch of mainly a of, company. B- more, it's kind of like an opti- like opti- opti- optics co- company, right? They'll have a lot of a lot of other di- lot of divisions other than just cameras interesting this week i think they announced i can't remember what they announced but some new coming dslr or camera announcements so they have plans to
1: Uh, i'm sorry i think this is a big deal i think that it's a big deal yeah that it's it's a senior management kind of thing this wasn't like a rogue trader in an office no one's here claiming this was one person who we hired who was acting alone and we've since fired them this is and, and does it spreads from Olympus. Well, They were literally um, paying off people to keep it quiet into Germany and Switzerland and places, if I recall. It's quite a, it's quite a deal. Yeah. I, I think, actually, it's it's incredibly upsetting if you were... Because the thing about this, yeah, Germany and Liechtenstein banks um, who were paid 3 billion yen uh, to five officials in Germany and Liechtenstein to, um, to cover stuff up uh, in terms of major securities for it allegedly. Um I don't know. I don't want I don't want to hear this about my camera company if I'm because the, you never know where these yeah. things go. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that the company is financially unstable or anything. I'm simply saying that it's not healthy for a company to either a have criminals, b to be distracted by this kind of major event because you know that this is going to completely debilitate any management team from actually getting anything done. And then finally the point of this whole thing is they were losing heaps of money, which is to say not a good thing in the first place.
2: And not a great thing, yeah. You know, cause you want to have your, you know, the camera, that company that you've invested money in gear to be going forward and, investing in supporting your gear as it stands and developing further stuff that might actually fit the lenses you just bought or whatever it be you want you want support going forward or, or you want to know that you're you know as much money was spent on the development of your camera as possible and not actually going out gone I, out the back door spent, in a brown paper bag
1: left by yeah. the dumpster but but you say you lose whatever it is like they lost you know a lot of money obviously billions hundreds of millions no billions yeah mm. and and then you cover it up with even more money. All of this money you either don't have yeah. or you spent trying to cover up the fact you don't have it is not good. I mean, I just honestly don't think... And not only that, but let's face it, even if you were just to clean the slate right the second and say, okay, there's nothing wrong with Olympus, the company is fine, everything's under control, the books are clean, everything's perfect, would you go and work at Olympus right now if you were like a Japanese optics expert? <laughs> no. You wouldn't, would
2: you? I've held back on stories... Uh of have thought of gear, I thought was reasonably interesting, and I'm sort of held back, thinking, well, I don't want anyone to review this piece of gear because, you know, this is looking, this is not looking well, you know?
1: Yeah. So I, I just don't think this is uh, is good all round, and quite frankly, I don't want Olympus to fail. I, I mean, I'm a firm believer yeah. that the world's a better place for having more companies competing. But uh, if yeah, if you were somebody that's an Olympus fan, you'd be pretty disappointed right now. Yeah. And and you do buy into an ecosystem, right? Let's face it. I mean, I Jeff Huser, my good friend in Los Angeles and co-founder of the company, had a huge investment in Nikon, took him a huge deal to swap from Nikon to Canon. Yeah. Um partly pushed by us because we all had Canons and we wanted to be able to shoot consistently and interchangeably with his gear in LA. Yeah.
2: But and I, the debt enabling goes on, I see,
1: on his Twitter feed. Teams. Yes, uh, yeah. I mean, you've got the new 51. 51.2. Stop Way to go, Jeff. Stuff. But anyway, the point is that that is the best lens ever, that 51.2. I mean, seriously, dude, if you had to die with a lens, that's the one <laughs> I'm being buried with. It's on my camera. It's I sitting right I shot me right with now. it this week. Shot. But anyway, uh, it's an ecosystem. You buy into the lenses, you buy into the gear, you yeah. buy into so much stuff.
2: they also NAB, and I'm, I'm sure I mentioned it before, they had a really interesting, they had a massive stand for of the high-speed cameras with all the girls being showered in M&Ms and stuff. It was very it spent a while there. Uh,
1: I'm sure you did. Hey, it's <laughs> very, very, very funny. so we were up in Hong Kong and, and this is an aside, rat hole, whatever. Anyway, so we were wanting to do, uh, well, I didn't want to do uh, Bloody John had a terrific bloody hotel room with a terrific bloody view and, and good luck to him, right? But the point was he wanted to do time-lapse out the window of Hong Kong Harbour and stuff, right? And it was like, oh, it'd be great for, the, you know, put it in the FX Guy TV. Mm. Now, there is one in FX Guy TV but we had to do it, or he did it, by just videotaping out the window and constantly pressing the button every 10 minutes (laughs) to keep it rolling (laughs) to keep it rolling and then speed it all up in post because when he went to pull out of his bag the, uh, you know, the intervalometer, It had snapped in two going through baggage handling. Was this the original factory Canon one? Yeah. Okay, so now you think, okay, we're in Hong Kong, right? Like, remember the day, do you remember when you were a kid? Like, you would want to get a camera. You almost waited till your dad went to Hong Kong. It was like (laughs) the place to go, right? Absolutely. I got my very first digital watch there. (laughs) Okay, Ooh. good. Well, we'll come back to that in a second. Um, <laughs> we still thought digital watches was a good idea. As he says, taking off his tag, Um Anyway, so the point is, uh, so how hard could it be to find an intervalometer in Hong Kong? The answer is impossible. Really? We No, no. And, and this is really, this is the honest to God truth. Not only did we look around Hong Kong Island where we were, there was nothing. But John is a pagan god when it comes to using um, find it and web apps and stuff and so yeah. he goes okay no i found that, he that the headquarters of canon in the region <laughs> is in an office block on the other side in kowloon and so we go and catch a ferry over star ferry very nice and we get out and we go and apart from people wanting to sell me fake rolexes no one actually offered to sell me a fake digital but picture.
2: no one both offered to sell you the fake canon intervalometer which no. i have which i bought for 20 okay which but, wait, worked very, but wait, very well. so we Thank
1: then you. go to a canon store on ground level huge you know like what you'd think of as a and he type kind of store. yeah, And and they were trying to sell us everything because they were just literally people out there hawking people to come in like us. You know, rich Australian looking touristy good. American guys, come in here, please empty your wallet. Sounds and we were like, good. we want this. And they went, oh, oh, no, we don't have that. And so then we said, okay, do you know where the head offices are? Because we were still looking for it. And he said, yeah, yeah, it's down the end. Because he knew we didn't, he didn't have it. So we go down, there's an elevator with a queue, with an attendant, with a rope, and we go up, and there is the there is one floor for something. There's another floor for all the sales. A head office
2: that sells. Yeah,
1: stuff. but wait, yeah, and then there's a pro level at like oh, level sounds 19. Sounds like Akihabara or whatever. I know exactly. <laughs> so we're thinking, well, okay, at least we've got this to get our intervalometer. So we go up to this level, which has Canon branded. Um, belaying gear like you know proper climbing stuff Wow! and I was like can we buy one of these and she was like what the <laughs> fuck do you want this for I was like because I mean, this is so cool it's got a Canon logo on it Wait, and, and then you really belay I, I'm down not a mountain with something made up. by a camera company no no really well it was to hold uh, the camera uh, from falling oh okay, okay. okay and then they had I know I was going to buy you this but they wouldn't sell it to me a deck of cards where the 1D and the 5Ds were the different like <laughs> like you could go through like it would be literally like, it's, I'd, it's I'd, like the ones they had in the Desert Storm I've got four, exactly, the Desert Storm version of Canon camera light. And I was like, oh my God, I've got to get a, a, a set of these. And they were like, no, 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 you have to be part of uh, the Canon Club for professionals. And if you have 5,000 points, cards. you can buy these, <laughs> these playing cards with all That's the 1Ds instead of queens, kings, and jacks on them. And, is and they so had t shirts. No, 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 honestly, Jace, this was like, like the, the the belaying stuff with this that you would clip onto your thing it was lightweight yeah. carbon fiber thing that actually screwed into the bottom of a little whatever that cool little new version of the PIX thing is you know the really lightweight professional cannon but not an SLR thing and right. it screws into the corner of that so you can be climbing up some bloody mountain face with a lightweight camera and pull this thing out on the cord and there's no chance of you dropping it. Right, the little Q1 or whatever it is, the little And, f- and it won't get tangled it. up with you because it's actually like a single, oh my god, there was just so much cool stuff like this. And they had on sale and on display that you could look out the window of the 19th floor we were on, 50 I mean 500mm, 400mm, 300mm lenses on 1D camera backs. You could just, you know, happily test everything out. Do you know the one thing they didn't have? Gee, I can't think
2: so <laughs> so, so so the so time lapse uh time-lapse is so
1: time lapse system continued so time lapse is so uncommon apparently in the photography world these days that um, that even canon themselves at their you know pristine umpteenth floor and and trust me it was gorgeous yeah no 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 to get much request for those around here but of course they have a lot of requests people walking off the street wanting to buy 500 mil lenses yeah and yeah. and mountain climbing gear sure
2: sure sure yeah more than they do middle
1: of town for time lapse yeah in the middle of Hong <sighs> kowloon
2: well yeah as i say twenty dollar twenty dollar ebay special can't beat it for time lapse have a backup in case uh, hong kong baggage handling
1: decides to snap yours Anyway, anyway. Um, getting back to stuff, so we need to we need to move on. Um, leaving aside uh, people that are being prosecuted for uh, investment fraud, getting back to, or possibly allegedly, in being prosecuted for allegedly, allegedly doing things. Um, is there anything else before we hit our year in review thing? I don't think so. I don't think so. Let's do it. Okay, so twenty ten. Christmas 2010, um, we did not have any Epics. We did not have any C300s. We did not have an awful lot of stuff. We have did not F- have 65s.
2: Well, F3 was launched, but you couldn't
1: buy one. It was uh, the it was the season of F3. The beginning of 2011 was the yeah. season of F3. It was the start of that. Um, what we'd
2: been. Up till then, sort of as part of the wish list, that the Japanese camera companies should be listening, and please, can we have full or large, large sensor cameras for shooting video with uh, with lens mounts?
1: Because uh, if we think about it for a second, we went to NAB. We were looking at camera comparison tests with the F three, but no Epic. Yeah, Epic. But we shot with the Epic by that stage because we Epic, went up to we, New Zealand. You
2: just had yours. There was not many. at... Yours was probably one of, apart from the odd one or two on stands, there was not. And there was Spider Man very n- and Spider Man. There was very f- there was very few. Virtually
1: none in the wild. Yeah, we'd shot in New Zealand April. Yep, and uh, yeah. of course we only had one version of the epic back then. We had neither its its um, letter of the week alternative nor its no X's. Scarlet quote no younger s-
2: sister. No Scarlet X.
1: No Scarlet, it's Epic Light, Epic Cheap, whatever. We had the promise of Scarlet. And it, so at NAB, we basically saw uh, lots of tattooing going on because of the announcement of the new um, sensor, but no details on it. Yep,
2: and still no details, of it. Still no at details the, on it at the, at the back end of the year.
1: But we also had what? The announcement of the Alexa Studio was also NAB, right? Which was breaking the Alexa in half.
2: That was the Alexa M. Um, the Alexa oh, Studio yeah. is the optical viewfinder sorry, version right. with yep. the four thirds, the larger. Well, it's the same sensor, but it has the larger um, capture of the sensor, so you can have essentially a, co- a co- um, academy kind of not a 16 by 9 Mm -hmm. if you're doing anamorphic right so you can have a literally a full frame capture for anamorphic lenses so yep there was no no c300s we hadn't even there wasn't even a mention of a c300 at that stage we couldn't even get an interview with canon there was nothing there was nothing announced nothing no no leads literally all we went into it was that there might be went into the year thinking there might be something 4K-ish from Sony. I did think this year we were
1: expecting to see a 5D Mark III.
2: Yeah, it's a whole year pretty much gone with no 5D Mark III. Just in a potential, at the very end, a potential announcement that maybe some DSLR-type thing will come that will have uh, have a 4K sensor. Uh, and we still really know very little details about whether it's actually going to be... Um, a 4K sensor that actually gives you full frame or not yet. So um, there was no... I guess this year we also saw Storm launching and unlaunching.
1: And unlaunching. (laughs)
2: Unlaunching. Um, We saw at the beginning of the year the Sony F65, which... uh, was obviously impressive at that time, and is now just starting to have pre-production cameras out there. There's now, um, um, I think, a fair few pre-production cameras out there. Where I think the ability to, I think people are going to start to get production cameras by uh, in January. Uh, actually, going to have uh, cameras delivered at the beginning of the year. So that's less than a less than a year from uh, announcement to delivery for a major huge camera, you know, 8K, true 4K, uh, pretty impressive. C300, obviously, at the
1: end of the year. Well, maybe the biggest thing we've sort of skipped over, right, because wasn't it March that the tsunami hit, which led to the, you know, nuclear power disaster, which also led to, apart from the horrendous effects on the Japanese people, it also led to SR tape drying up, it led to delays in cameras. It led to delays in Epics and Reds and a lot of
2: production for a lot
1: of things has moved away
2: from just being quite so centralised. That was a major, um, a major wake up for a lot of people who based all their supplies on one particular outlet with all the factories supplying that one particular part all being in one particular part of the world.
1: Yeah, because that so was a real wake up. Cuz for most of the rest of the year we were hearing about parts delays or problems caused by either the tsunami or the the nuclear, you know, result of that I was going to say the fallout but that's a bad choice of words but the nuclear, you know, secondary event caused yeah, by the tsunami. Yeah, it's
2: literally only I think this week that it, that reactor has gone to i think i'm trying to think of the terminology but it's gone to cold it's gone cold so up until then it's been you know it's been a one a sort of various grades of um um china syndrome <laughs> type uh, situation literally since well, whenever it was beginning of the year that uh we are now, we're only literally last week started seeing that reactor uh, be under con- truly under control.
1: So some people place estimates of the damage to Japan and maybe for the economic cost of it sort of uh, in the broad sense at like a couple of hundred billion dollars. That's making it the most expensive disaster in, in, in history. Not that that's a good sort of claim to fame, but it, it really did dominate the year. The shadow from that event cast a long Long shadow um, across so many things, but and look, sorry go
2: on. yeah, and uh, these uh, were never quite far away from these disasters in um, the floods in uh, Thailand this year, um, but there was the Canon 1dx, which was a bright spot that's true, I had left that off my list one one dx which although it was a bright spot but although we kind of pooh-poohed it a little bit for our applications. I'm sure stills guys uh, and those guys that value their stills more than video production side of things will uh, no doubt embrace it.
1: And by the end of the year, Canon had both redeemed itself in my personal eyes, because having ignored me, it was very generous in, in inviting us to, um, to Los Angeles for the C300, but also there was Sony doing the uh, F65 which was also obviously affected by the Japanese stuff, and and generally, it felt like the Japanese industry had turned the corner.
2: Yeah, and we had the FS one hundred, which we have not really mentioned. So it was a huge, it was a huge year for Sony. It Was a massive year for Sony. Which we t- obviously, we'll touch on Red. I but think there was for, a bit of a, so- I
1: think there was a bit of a cultural shift with with um, with Sony as well. Like Sony, for me, this year moved from being Sony of old, which sort of didn't talk to anyone, to yeah. being a much opener, more interesting Sony.
2: Yeah, we sort of joked about it being the dark side, but, you know, really this is, you know, the industry has completely, you know, has embraced them, really. They've developed stuff across the board. You've got F65, which I think will be massive, uh, I and F3 in the middle, which, you know, obviously we tested early, and that was, uh, I think it's still, you know, a very significant camera, and the F, uh, FS100, which I think is... A really massive um a massive thing for you know five or so grand to have full frame
1: uh not full frame to but, have
2: super 35 super 35 camera say, with any uh, amount you like
1: critically though being like from a critical standpoint that the alexa really i mean kind of nothing sony did got them out of the shadow of just how successful the alexa was i think uh, i, th- I th- in our market
2: yeah at the moment f65 will probably change that i'm sure next year although it is a bigger bulkier camera i think its imagery will be i think its imagery will be, the workflow will be probably be the test because you're dealing with a lot more data than what, what's been the attraction for many people on set and in post for alexa has been its really simple drag and drop minimal file sizes really ready to go no processing pro right and that's been part of the attraction even for dps who have been able to get great images out of it really easy they haven't been dealing with raw images and making them look good the output from the camera has been looking great everyone's been really happy very quickly with a minimum of fuss getting images out of this camera and i think that's been the attraction that you look good easier than if you were dealing with 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 files that need a lot of uh, need a lot of work to make you look good you know i think that's part of the attraction is that it's easy to be impressive
1: and let's not forget the the greatest gift that was given this year the one that really i mean let's face it made the biggest difference certainly to your life which was the wonderful addition and, and i guess cultural shift to Final Cut Pro 10 X. Yes,
2: that was a huge thing for me. I've um I think I'm 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 more than I was uh, when that when that uh, software uh, launched. I think uh, you know, you talk about, you know, finding new religion. I think uh, FCPX was that was that for me.
1: I haven't looked back. Seriously, though, come um, in AB when they no doubt will release uh, another version with the more pro features. You think? Do you yeah. think?
2: Yeah, well, they might have to do it themselves. No one, I don't think the Final Cut Pro users groups are going to let them in the door after the last, last year's malarkey. Uh,
1: well, that was my, my question to you, though, was would you give it another, would you look? Like, would you walk past it? Don't 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 open the wound again, Mike. I'm I'm
2: just about to move on. I don't, I don't. It's what's interesting has been the people that who have adopted it and said, "Come on, it's great. Try it. the water's great. Come in and come in come in for a dip." And have gone. Actually, you know, it really sucks in here. A lot of people who said, no, let's stick with it and let's give it a go," have just been going. Yeah, you know, I just can't make this work. You know, it's just not working for me. And and we've seen some. Additions, some add-ons, some you know, some um, software, you know, plugin. People have been doing doing plugins for it. Apple have added a lot of the functionality which was originally, and I think my issue with it and the people who have sort of tried it and pushed it as far as they can and have walked away, it goes beyond those simple functionalities of. of stuff like OMFs and, you know, being able to export and import. It comes back to the just the way it works and the workflow, and it's – it's um, you can spend an awful lot of time getting close with the project, then you just kind of run out of control and run out of ability to um, take it a bit further. It's – anyway, don't – I won't be giving it another a go. It would have to – well, I think they – it would be a real turnaround if they did it but uh, i think this year we've heard about the fact that there was another they did originally have a pro you know the proper
1: oh i told you that yeah they had yeah the, not
2: not final cut pro Ex- no. express right. which they've turned into final cut pro x yeah. the the proper 64-bit version of final cut pro was ready to go and then abandoned at the last minute that's that's what, uh, what we' here. Okay, I didn't tell you it would that. be I interesting
1: to, to that they made the express version the pro version.
2: Yeah, no, but there, there was that other version prepped and it was in development and looking good and then it basically at the last minute uh, sort of abandoned it and moved on.
1: There were some interesting moves in color correctors this year as well.
2: Yeah, I think that was one of the huge things of, of NAB at April. What's interesting looking at this list and putting it together was how much of this was launched at NAB. There's an awful lot of this stuff here in this list. Yeah, it's still a was, very significant was, show. Was NAB launched, you know, F65s and um, uh, uh, Epic was... Uh, that's, oh, FCPX was, yeah, FCPX was there. FCPX
1: was there, absolutely. No, but I was going to say, like, it's, like, in... And we can discuss these, but in quick summary, like, it was a great year for Magic Bullet and Colorista. It was a year that Mystica came out just kicking it in terms of um, high-end stereo grading, especially with optical flow. It was the year that Da Vinci didn't go away, but actually went cheaper, faster, easier, cheaper. Oh well, let's fucking give it away for free, practically. <laughs> and uh, and we saw Adobe buy into the market, and uh, though we have not seen the fruits of that, but they've obviously um, uh, moved in. And and we, I don't think we're over yet. I mean, it's. I think next year's uh, still going to be a hot year for color correctors.
2: When you look at yeah, well, you're uh, you're across a lot of things in 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 development though but uh it has been an interesting uh, year for the competitors to final cup who have really taken hold of the 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 gap and the the shitstorm that was fcpx and have um you know if you've seen avid read avid with uh, mc6 uh, you've seen like um, laughing, and no, 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 it's true. I,
1: I was just thinking. I thought you would go with Premiere, but you went. With and,
2: yeah, and and, and, and Premiere, obviously, and Premiere wanting to be really adaptable. Um, the new version of you know five point five being really impressive and. Consciously wanting to get business away from from Final Cut Pro.
1: Well, there was an offer to to convert from Final Cut users to Avid that seemed to go on for forever.
2: Yeah, and I think they've just re- they've just <laughs> revived. I think even this week they've changed that deal again or extended. If you've got it. even, uh, a- actually the, the 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 trial is still they they've the trial is there, but I think they had didn't they have it? They had a light. They were throwing in a light version of uh, Squeeze. Okay. Am I right? Maybe that's avid. I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, maybe that's avid. Uh, having a light version of squeeze, and, and now they've thrown in the full version. But uh, yeah, you've seen a lot of people stepping in there to to crush the um, crush the petrified little kitten that is FCPX. Um, yeah resolve was huge when it came out uh, in uh, in april that was massive and they've developed it and released and revised revised the software you know updated the software many times uh, added hardware uh, options for it with the um uh, the i want to say euphonics but the avid color uh, a lot of added a lot of functionality for for control surfaces and the free version which is i still i'm still amazed exists but it's it's been. I've used it a lot this year and spent a lot of money getting this working uh, on my home system, and it's great to have that functionality at home. But the more I use it, the more I realise how uh, democratizing this software is. A really great demonstration of how good. Uh, a color, this software in the right hands in someone whose whose uh, day job it is to make footage look great with this software, how much better they can be in it th- on it than than um, than I am. Even just spending you know hours on it and having watched someone for years play with it, i, I and and having an okay eye for what I want, it's still uh, and there is still unlike other sort of software or editing. I think there's a lot of there is a chasm. Of ability between what I can do with months on it than someone who um, you know does it every day as a as a as a as a their, their main gig, it's um, quite a quite a difference. Um, what else, Mike? Um, I don't know. It, it's but it, it was a huge year. I really just can't think of. I yeah, mean, if you look back at the last. 2010 we
1: have major new cameras from wasn't. Canon major new cameras from Red major new cameras from Sony we also had a, some disruptive technology and some disruption to production um, and of course we're in an environment where it was I think an overall trend to what you were just saying at the end there which is basically owner operators being able to do a tremendous amount and get a tremendous lot of access to stuff though necessarily just having the tools isn't enough um, yeah you know, it isn't just enough to, to have access to the software. It's always
2: just because you can doesn't mean you should.
1: Yeah. Um, and,
2: but it's good to but, yeah, look, tinker you, with this stuff to know that you shouldn't.
1: I remember uh, when you and I first met, like there's no way you would have like done anywhere near the amount of posts that you do these days no. in a pink fit. No. And wouldn't have even contemplated it being a possibility. Now, some of that's economically driven, but some of it's just driven by sort of ease of stuff. And one of the things we're going to be yeah, looking at yeah. – Next year, I think, is a lot of sort of non-traditional ways to take this because there's a lot of interesting stuff happening. I think in how people are taking this technology and now using it, and you know, breaking away from the classic uh, film model and breaking away from the classic um, TVC model. One of the cl- the things that isn't on this list because it's sort of gear, but I wanted to flag is um, two years ago, um, Ed, uh, who you've been trying to get an interview with, right? Um, did Ed, B- Ed Burns? Yeah. Yeah. Did um, a feature on The Red. Yeah. And he did that as an indie feature. This year, they walked into B&H, bought a 5D, three lenses, which I believe was the 24, 50, and 85, and started making a feature, which is just coming out as this podcast goes out. And newlyweds, is it? Yeah, newlyweds. Yeah. Uh, for, like, the princely sum of, I think, $9,000. more uh, yeah. And uh, of that, gear. you know... Uh, he, so he's gone from a red one to this, and I've, I I uh, bought it um, online, you know, legally, and that meant that even though the film isn't just out yet, he gave me the first scene, and it looks good. Um, there are some maybe focus things and stuff, but by no means is it hokey. Mm. And uh, he's making a feature film for an astonishing small amount of money, but not only that the fact that he has this whole website where I can buy a digital download, buy a digital download and a DVD or buy the, you know, 50 buck premiere package which actually includes a t-shirt and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And he's doing all of this on his own and it's going to be on yeah. iTunes. Um, and that's not the only thing. Like we had films like uh, Melancholia and other films where I was able to download them on iTunes before they were even in the cinemas. Mm. Um, and uh, a good friend of ours, Enzo, who did uh, The Tunnel where he was selling, you know, into the film before it was even in production. Yeah. There's just a lot of stuff. And I, I would like us to see, even in Red Center, being able to focus a, a bit on these really innovative ways of approaching the problem. Yeah. Um, and even in the area of commercials, Jace, I've got to say, like, uh, there are some astonishingly cool things done that you would call an ad that don't rely on the typical media budget buy of you know, spend some money on the ad and then buy the thing. It's not, yeah. I guess it's viral, but it's more... That viral doesn't do it justice. Viral, I think, implies, you know, dogs that talk um, or, you know, kids that run into cats and dancing babies, roller skating babies. Well, no, roller skating babies is different, you see, because Gracie's roller skating babies job, awesome as it is and the most downloaded thing in ad in history, is a big budget normal TVC. True. Do you know what I mean? What I'm saying is more the <clears throat> somebody doing the spot that is really cool, but incredibly. Uh, ...missing a media buy. So, whereas Evian Babies had a significant media buy... ...and let's face it, it's probably the most best value for money Evian's ever spent... ...it was still not cheap. Um, good production... You've got put, all
2: that money left over from, you know, bottling just water. <laughs> okay,
1: but, <laughs> but stay with anyway. me here. Stay with me. Okay, okay so my point is that um, that you've got an ability to put the money into production... And not into some of the other stuff like the media buy. Yeah,
2: well, look at what Red Bull does. I think Red Bull is yep. an amazing, an amazing company. Apart from having a kick-ass freaking race team, uh, they also have F one team. They have uh, see the amount of money they put back into it's not like putting back into the community, but they put an awful lot of money into uh, their um, you know into their productions and to co sponsoring serious uh, action you know action based films and and doing doing sort of branded media that way really, you know i'm sure they obviously do you know traditional commercials as well but they spend a shitload on um backing productions well, that look at out of that, Flight. that that that's you know go hand in hand with their their lifestyle their product so it just make, you know it's, that's comple- completely the uh, the the high end of of this uh really impressive uh, way to spend your dollar
1: yeah i mean like uh there are there are lots of different ways you can do things i mean for a while we've been um advocating short films as a really good you know way to to do stuff yeah. i just think we're seeing that on steroids i mean we still think that's a really valid way to work mm-hmm. and uh and we worked this year on uh, nash edgerton's bear which we were obviously a co-producer on we were very honoured to be working with Nash again, as we've done many times in the past. Got into both Khan and into Sundance and is going astonishingly well. But one of the other co-producers of that was a clothing company because one of the companies we got to pitch in money. And that's a really interesting thing because they're obviously getting a return on investment. So they're advertising as it were through effectively like a product placement yeah. slash whatever. But it's not like they're buying that ad and then they're getting it made and they're putting it on television. They're mm. spending the money just on getting content for their website and being associated with a really good product and um and that's a really interesting model i think for nash's point of view just full congrats to what is a great director for doing that and making the film and and getting it successful but my point is from the red bull or the you know whatever beachwear or whatever sort of company is coming from the side that's a really interesting way to finance something to to get somebody else on board and art of flying yeah.
2: You know, Out of flight, absolutely, It's just, the it's best just utterly outstanding.
1: Great piece of material.
2: Yeah, and so you're seeing you're seeing a lot of creative projects being funded because of you know with an advertising dollar that still leaves the people involved to be quite creative. It makes advertising a little bit more, a little less in your face. It makes advertising a little less pervasive. It makes it it it, it funds a lot of creativity, and it really sort of helps to bring. Um it makes it just make it, it makes advertising more palatable and more interesting i'd much rather watch some you know branded media than than an actual than any actual advertising he said who gets makes us living from advertising i'd rather stick needles in my eyes and just watch a whole full ad break
1: well there was a there was an ad done in Sydney for office works now Office works may not be the hip and happening brand that you know you associate with Red Bull right yeah but they they had a choice obviously um i was not involved in this ad so i some of this is pure speculation they had a budget they wanted to make an ad they could have made a crappy ad you know thingos 4.99 other thingos 2.99 come now keep your head down because our prices are low while offers last and then they'd have spent money on let's face it not a lot of money so they'd have been on late night television you know we've got like the late 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 show kind of on here it's Four weeks out of date, and they'd have stuck ads in it, and yeah. or they did what they did, which is they didn't buy anybody media. They made an ad, which took a couple of days. So they got a bunch of artists in. This is the agency's idea for Office Works, and they built out of office supplies the Sydney Harbour. And they did the Opera House with, like, those clips that you have on, you know, folders. and they did, all stop motion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did stop the, motion, the mocha water right. as, like, post-it notes, right? And yeah. it used you blue across and they all kind of flooded and stuff, right? And, okay, so there was no immediate. It went on, on YouTube. Obviously, hundreds of thousands of people watched it because it was just genuinely interesting. Yeah. It's using the product from Officeworks. And let's face it, uh, you know it's free like it's viral in the sense that it gets passed around it was Mm. done well though they did it in a disused part of the actual agency itself over a couple of days they shot it themselves great use but they didn't have to do a crappy low budget see if we go back a few years it was the oh we're going to shoot it on DV cam and make it look like it's cheap and nasty and real yeah and that was crippling the production budget and then are still trying to do a traditional media buy. And I worked on campaigns like that. I worked on a campaign yeah, for I've done it a myself. credit card. We did, um, you know, the guy from, uh, there was the Men Behaving Badly. Yeah. And there was the second tier guy, not the yep. first tier guy. On yeah. a ferry? Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. And yeah.
1: In, New Z- in Tasmania. and Yeah, the other guy, not the yeah. Doc Martin guy. Yeah, the other guy. Yeah. And I can't remember who the director was. But he was a great director. Mm. Um, but the point was, I worked on that. So we took it into Flame. They shot it in DV. and Then we took it into Flame and mucked around with it and fixed yeah, stuff up. It was and trying stuff. to be,
2: hand, you know, travel, Hand-held, you know, holiday thing, him video. Him just filming
1: by himself. Yeah, bullshit.
2: Yeah, we don't have... After we spent money on flying him out, we didn't have any money left. So we yeah, just and, shot it on home video. And they
1: shot it on home video, but then they sat in a Flame suite paying me like $850 an hour, right? Yeah. I mean, it was just absurd. Mm. But it all to give the illusion that it was very authentic. Now, we've moved on because the ad I was talking about with Officeworks looked great. Didn't look crappy, not cutting back on production value. Yeah, because it could have been done on a stills camera I guess. Just but they stills, were stills, stills. now of course not spending money on huge media Yeah, you and- don't have to
2: um, yeah and I an, an, a great idea doesn't have to be expensive to make. You just have to you know, you just have to pull your finger out and actually come up with one.
1: And I, I think that was I, I mean I cursed um, the, uh, that um, DV made a bazillion dollars um feature film with the kids in the tent (laughs) um what was it called Blair Witch Blair Witch. thank you because everybody at that time was saying oh Blair Witch we should do Blair Witch we just should on dv cam it's all you need and you know it's like no yeah and and lighting went out the window and direction and just quality production value went out the window so I'm seeing it the only other way now I'm seeing like really good production value but oh we don't have to just pay network television fees to get it out there Mm. and I think that's really exciting um I've never seen Blair Witch well, made really the appeal,
2: but uh, you know, clearly, uh, clearly, I'm in the minority. It made an off- made a awful lot of money and, and uh, launched a whole, a whole genre of that sort of shit. I, but uh, I'm, I'm glad for the change in advertising and the change, you know, the change in the way we, we do shit and um, the tools, the new tools to be able to do it and make things look great without having to do, uh, make it look like a Handy camera.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and and quite frankly I think one of the vibes that we get these days is a real authenticity not a illusionary authenticity not having you go at the MasterCard or Visa company that made that out yeah. that I worked on but, but, but thanks I'm, for that yeah I'm,
2: but no I think the the upshot of the whole year is it's been an absolutely amazing uh it's been a flood of new gear a flood of gear or and or software that is democratizing what we do and letting you make it letting you let it look great with uh, less effort and and more on your desktop hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of ability or software or grading or whatever being able to be done on your on on your laptop again this you know, should all with a huge caveat that just because you can doesn't mean you should. Every advertising agency shouldn't 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 suddenly buy a uh, copy of Resolve and make me grade my commercials on on the copywriter's desk with the intern uh, with his mouse. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it has been a, a bigger than bigger than than normal year, I think, Mike. Definitely.
1: So, look, um, we've got a few other things we want to move on to before we finish out the show. Uh, One of them is we need to offer an apology over last week. Now, in the last episode, we were talking about the ultimate arm, which in every respect is exactly what it it said it was. Though, I think conversationally, well, I know we did, we referred to it as the Russian arm, which is actually completely incorrect.
2: Not that there's a Russian arm TM or anything registered, I think, but uh, the... um Filmotechnic, who we have mentioned on this show before, uh, who was, I guess, the original namesakes or uh, what you would attribute Russian Arm to. But there is a. um, And thanks to. dave ehrlichman from uh, dollygrippery.com who, who pinged me about the uh, um my sort of faux pas i guess but what we both agreed on is that it is very confusing out there with with uh, there is numerous uh, options in the uh, telescopic arm department and uh, stabilized arms and things and uh, goes beyond film and, and um um uh, and, and Luma, etc. etc. So uh, thank you, Dave, for, for correcting us and apologies to uh, Filma Technic for calling somebody else's rigs the Russian arms. Um, Not that anybody pinged us from them and said, oh.
1: no, um, I was going to do the a bad, I nice was going to do a Russian accent. No, no, they're <laughs> nice guys. Um, so the other thing is I said I was going to review the uh, anti-aliasing optical filter this week. Ah, uh, yes. So, so let me do that. It doesn't work. Okay, next. Oh, Mike. Oh, Jase, I'm sorry, mate. I could, I really... Uh, okay, so there... It works a bit. It works a bit. Well, it, it works differently. Okay, so look, this is the okay. VAF 5D2 video anti-aliasing filter. And the idea is you put this optical filter into your camera and it removes morang and aliasing, aliasing artifacts, which come about from, obviously, the line skipping that happens on the uh, 5D when it moves from high-res stills work to sort of lower-res 1920 by 1080 video work doesn't work jace it doesn't work in the sense that it well okay it does work in the sense that it changes the frequency it seems that the aliasing pattern kicks in yes but it doesn't work in the sense that if you buy this you won't get aliasing you won't get
2: it it rem- it, it if you're it's a I think the idea is to have it in the kit. It's cheap enough, 300 bucks or so, if you're using your 5D for professional stuff, to have this in the kit. And if you are experiencing an issue with a particular shirt and on a particular lens, chances are if you put this in, it will remove that or it will reduce that effect, you might end up starting having a different a different issue in that shot. The fly screen might start buzzing or the carpet might start doing a weird thing, but you the know, shirt's great now. Yeah, so it will I sort mean, of change the characteristics of the aliasing in the we've camera. We've been
1: testing it and looking at it on, on flame and stuff. And, but look, here's the deal. Uh, yes, if you are very rich and you can afford to have 300 <laughs> bucks sitting there for the off chance that the particular problem you have can be fixed. My, yeah. my problem with that is is threefold. One... Really? Two, um, it's unlikely that you're going to see the aliasing artifact properly until you're in post. This is true. So we had a a tie that aliased. I wasn't aware of it on set. And once we had it, it was very hard to get rid of it in post. And I wouldn't have known to stop and put this thing in. And then thirdly, if it does get put in to fix the tie, you can have to check that it isn't causing some other problem somewhere else. Um, Now, I would want to use this really desperately so as to, for example, when I'm filming off monitors, get you know, I get more a moiré pattern when I film off monitors, but I just get a different moiré pattern off the monitors at a different frequency. So I'm not saying that it's... I am absolutely not saying that it's a fake because I'm not saying that at all. Not at I'm all. I'm just saying that it doesn't do what one may think that it would do which is solve the problem make it go away and if it did quite frankly then why wouldn't Canon stick it on everybody camera and why wouldn't everyone be shooting with it why wouldn't that be the low pass filter install yeah it's easy to install it's It's well made it's not um, useless it's as advertised it doesn't seem to reduce the sharpness
2: which I had worried that it might do yep. it's very easy to put in you yep. have to damage your camera your camera goes no. back exactly as it was when you take it we out we put
1: it in, taken it out put it in, taken it out uh, it There's doesn't little...
2: seem to lose any light it seems to be um, I mean it, might percept- it, may, it may imperceptibly change it but just by eye it does not seem to have any real uh, level of uh, neutral density to
1: it the thing is though that um, Which is all. The classes. reason that we buy this stuff, the reason that we actually put our hand in our pocket and actually spend the three, whatever it was, plus seventy dollars posters and handling to buy the bugger, is so that we can be honest with you guys and give you an opinion. I mean, obviously, it would be very easy for us to just contact everyone and say, "Give us a free one," and then we'll give you a plug. But we don't do that. And so, honestly, I swear to God, this is the reason. So that if it doesn't work the way we think, we don't have to recommend it, and we don't have to also not have to keep our mouth shut. So.
2: I think if you're earning your living and you are spending a lot of time shooting with 5D, it might be worthwhile. Okay. So I mean, for the off time, yeah, well, hang on,
1: let's just wait a second. Do you want this? If I gave it to you right now, do you want it? Yeah,
2: I don't think I'll use it much, but it's it's like a little no, tiny insurance policy that if you
1: no, you can have happen. To, thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I just don't see it being that useful. I don't think you know if it was if it was given to me free, I wouldn't throw it in the bin. Um, because it's not that it's 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 not a fake. It's just not what I think is a sensible use it's of most people's a, few I hundred bucks. Go
2: away filter. It's, a no. better
1: use of three hundred and fifty bucks and my Twitter shout out for the week would be to give it to the Red Cross at this time of year. The Red Cross is, of course, uh, well slash Red Cross in twitter.com. and that would be my shout out. That this time of year, when people are in need, I would. I would. I'm glad we tested it. I'm happy yep. that we have it. I'm happy for you to now have it. <laughs> but um, I would. I think it would one of those
2: things. Yeah. In three years' time, you open the bag and go, "Oh, that's in there."
1: Oh, the chances I that you, there you go and never used it. I. I. I mean, look, I'm not. I'm not up in the air about this, but I'm. I am fairly tight on what I pack. I'm not taking this on a trip sure. on the off chance yeah. because it's I one think of those in things a, that would just clutter I my think, bag. I think,
2: yeah, in, you really would need it if you're in a production situation where that shot of that particular monitor, you must be here to get the shot of the guy and the monitor there. This is what we need. Agency loves this shot. We're locked into it, but we're getting aliasing. Pop it in and great. You don't have to change lenses. You don't have to sort of go in a foot, out a foot. But, you know, you have to A – have it with you. Be remember that you've got it with you, and and and. and then
1: stop the production. You know? Take the camera apart. Now it doesn't take very long to put in. No, not it's at all. It's a lit- few seconds. Yeah, you know, yeah. So it's about as quick as changing a lens. It's very quick. So I'm just saying, like my recommendation to you, if you want to feel really good about yourself, is give the money to charity for people in need this um, this holiday season, especially those in cold climates that are facing the winter.
2: Adjunct to that, if I can, if you. Not that they're asking for $300 or whatever, but if you, you know, there is um, uh, fairly tragically uh, in the last few days uh, a, a good Twitter friend and uh, uh, Eve Simard, who is Cruise TV, C R E W S TV on, uh, on Twitter in New Zealand. Uh, lost his entire house uh, in a house fire. Uh, all he, he's okay. Four children and wife are all uh, safe. But you know, just before Christmas, the whole house is gutted. Uh, this is uh, pretty tragic. And he's uh, a, a positive force on Twitter and uh, a, a, a good person to have around. If you're aware of him and know him, follow him, etc. Um, I've got links in the show notes. Uh, or if you go to CinescopeAphilia, CinescopeAphilia.com, uh, again, links in the show notes. If you can't sort of – it's a bit of a tough one to spell. Have a, um, a donate PayPal page set up for him to, uh, you know, help get him through this time. And he is insured, which is great. But uh, still, this is really crappy timing and especially for, for a nice guy. So – uh, yeah, well, rather than buy Moray filters, um, uh, perhaps <laughs> think of Eves and his family before you do. Um, again, links in show notes for that, or I'm sure if you hit Twitter, people will point you in the right directions. Uh, that's that's like my worst
1: nightmare, that one. I mean, uh, there, there are people in need, and I do feel sometimes we buy use... Not, okay, so this is not talking about the filter... <laughs> We do buy useless bits of plastic. I mean, I have useless bits of plastic to do with camera gear in oh, far too many places. I can out in my life
2: outdo you. Yes, I'm sure.
1: You know what I mean? Like just, just like really, do I need one of these? Oh yeah, I do. I mean, how many camera bags do I bought that really? I mean, seriously, this time of year, yeah. just, just don't buy an X camera bag. Just give the money to some sensible charity that's going to use the money properly, and you're just going to feel a lot better about your life.
2: Yes, buy a goat for a village or something.
1: Yes. Um, hmm. I think that's getting close to it, Mike. It is. It is getting very close to it. And, and thus the end of 2011. Hey, Jason, um, I know that we're going to, we've already said this, we're going to be at uh, NAB next year. Um, and I do think that, as we've proven in this episode, that's an interesting show now for production stuff. Um, yeah. Is there anything else just in closing you're looking forward to next year? Hmm. Do you think you'll see a Mark 5D Mark
2: 3? Well, I guess what we'll probably see is 5D Mark 3 will probably be a bit of a generation bump on the 5D Mark 2. Might be some improvements, but it'll probably stay pretty close to the DSLR with some video capability kind of format that we've we've struggled so much with, but which has been so great. Uh, what I think will be the more significant 5D Mark III will be the I guess as yet unnamed Cinema EOS DSLR camera, which uh, obviously has been mentioned but uh, never the specs haven't really been locked down yet. But uh, you know we've talked about that. There was a, announced at the time of the C300 launch was the other cameras part of or one of the other cameras to kick off the Cinema EOS. Range,
1: and is is there anything be, that you're hoping that Santa will leave under your tree? I
2: was hoping for a big, stonkingly big drum kit, but really? uh, I don't think that's
1: yeah. A bit of a Phil Collins <laughs> thing going on
2: here. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: I already got my uh, official I'm Spoilt rotten present, which was a twenty-four to seventy Canon um, in uh, in twenty-four to seventy zoom, yeah, Mark II. The, uh, the new version of it, not the new new one that isn't out yet. Right. Oh, okay. The I can remember whether they put in...
2: the Mark II out or not. Excellent. Um, yes. Well, you're putting that to good use. As I say, I've seen. I mentioned to you the other day that the the stories, the FX Guide TV, has, is looking fantastic. The um, shift to DSLRs on on for you guys shooting, uh, shooting interviews is. Looking
1: sensational. Yeah, I will say, though, that when we shoot with the Epics, it looks even better <laughs> because it's more grading latitude.
2: <laughs> yeah, but that's, yeah, that's a real pain on the road, but just no, you two actually, guys. No, actually, yeah,
1: no. no. And, and I should also, I'm a bit of a leak here, we're we're going over for the Oscars in the uh, beginning of February, so oh, yeah. I'm, really, I'm really torn. We'll talk about this next year, but what camera do we take? What is the camera to have?
2: Why are you going over for the Oscars? Why?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> just trace. Because you can't tell me. No, because fucking Oscars. Okay, Africa.
1: Okay, cool. Excellent. We want to showcase and profile the non actor categories that involve things like, oh, I don't know, visual effects, cinematography. Yeah, okay. Excellent. They get too much attention, those actor people.
2: (laughs) Actually, Santa already came for me. I got my Canon mount for the Epic last week. So, finally. Yay. Three months. (laughs) Yay, you only a quarter of a year thank you Red yes we still haven't got our happy. scarlet but
1: yes and for those of you that are wondering yes we Jason now is the proud owner of his epic because he was using ours so much so we sold it to him and we're getting a scarlet we haven't got our replacement scarlet yet so we're down a camera but you have the M we have the M and we're very happy with it excellent not that I can actually say that I think I have if you honestly said to me one day oh, I took your M by accident and I've left you the X I don't think I'd be like oh my god yeah. I'm, I'm outraged not. no
2: it's not like you're gonna pick it up and go. Hang
1: on, this I think I would notice the... from the top, but yeah.
2: Sure. Do you? You haven't sent yours back to have the whole top thing done yet. Well, because like I'm
1: whole... waiting for them to be able to replace whatever they have to replace to make the Redmote red mode work. Remote.
2: Okay, so that's still not. Not that, that I'm a huge right.
1: fan of the red moat, I want the red moat pro.
2: Yeah, well, lend me your red moat then, because I haven't had one. <laughs> you can. Still waiting one. for that.
1: You can borrow mine anytime. I'll thanks. give it to you after this. Not give it to you. and lend it to you. Actually, want that one back. That's, yeah. that's not like the filter sure. which you can actually have. Sure. Thanks. And now, let's see. So out of this episode, I owe you the loan of an RC, I mean, of a remote of the yep. red. some IMAX tickets. i have given you a tickets. filter, IMAX tickets, and I think a DVD, didn't I? Yeah. God, I was getting jealous Yeah, that's good. It's excellent. Thanks, mate. It's good. I must probably more often. And thanks for your um, best wishes. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for another uh, show. I just want to thank the team behind um, this show that gets so much uh, uh, content to you each week. Um, Of course, FX Guide uh, is run by a whole bunch of us. Um, Jason, this show is, of course, really your baby, but um, there are many people behind the scenes that help us put it together, like Matt, uh, who uh, regularly edits it, and Ian's helping with the interviews. Absolutely. Uh, the guys that are running the website and doing stuff in Chicago. There's a whole team of people as well as um, those people that contact us and feed us stuff like you guys because we get a lot of the stuff that we discuss from you posting stuff in. And please, if we ever make mistakes, we really totally applaud. If you can, let us know. If you think that we're – I know somebody was actually saying that they yell at the – the car radio right when we're on the stereo, yeah, just fine. Because anyway, well, no, no, but I mean, it's it's totally cool. Like we yeah. we don't, as I think I said no, earlier this week, we at the height of hubris to think we actually get all this all right all the time. We try and no, we're making this up possible. as we go along. We try and fact check as much as we possibly can, <laughs> can and really test things rather than just go off the press releases. But that being said. Uh, it's such a great community that listens to this uh, podcast that we wouldn't presume that, uh, that we know more than you. So please yes. keep those um, emails and uh, messages coming, of course. Yeah, please. This content is
2: sort of driven by you as well. We're keen to uh, delve into areas that you're interested in.
1: Now, we've been doing a lot of stuff on uh, Twitter, and next year we'll be doing more stuff on Facebook. But for the time being, Twitter is the best place to follow. And the Twitter slash is?
2: Uh, Twitter.com slash Wingrove for me and Mike Seymour for you. And if you want to get RC updates. Uh, the RC podcast. I had to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> the RC podcast, twitter.com slash.
1: Okay, so we're going to be back in the new year. We're coming back uh, in the first week of January. So either the first or second week of January is when we'll be getting it. And I've got to say, just a complete super mega rat hole. Ira Glass himself is coming out to Australia he on is. the 11th. I bought a ton of tickets. Can't wait to see him. Be ama- that will be amazing. Podcasting God. Yeah. Well, also, you know,
2: just great, you know. It's got some great stuff to say about storytelling. Oh, totally. The original, the original documentarian, really. Until next time, thank you so much, Jason. Have a very, good Thank you, Mike. Have a great Christmas. Christmas. Thank you, sir. I'll check the letterbox for all my swag. <laughs> much
0: appreciated.
2: Travel Thanks, safe, guys. guys.
1: Okay, bye.
0: Thanks for listening. Send your questions or comments to rc at fxguide.com. Copyright 2011, FX Guide, LLC.